This is Stephen Adams. And this is Kevin Durant. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> You're Kevin Durant, mate. <laughs> good to see you, mate. Different complexion. Okay, let's go. <laughs> so, this is Stephen Adams. And this is Anna's Cantor. You're listening to the Down to Earth. Down to Dunk podcast. What? Down to, down to Dunk. Down to Dunk. I'll down say that. Dunk. Introduce yourself, mate. Here's Stephen Adams, and I'm Anna's Cantor. And you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Down to Dunk Podcast. This is Andrew Schleck, and with me, Carson Cunningham of KOCO. Carson, how's it going? It's good, Andrew. Uh, I haven't heard from you guys in a while. I'm a I'm a Down to Dunk OG. I think I was all's first guest. Yes. So I, I I've missed you. I know I've missed you too. If you guys don't know, Carson is one of the reasons why people even listen to us at all, because he came on episode 12. We had, gosh, I don't know, maybe like 100 people that listened to us at the time. and Friends and family. Friends and family. <laughs> and then me and Jay downloading it multiple times <laughs> during the day. Uh, but you came on. You came and did the podcast with us at 6 o'clock in the morning at Jay's church and... You know, I you really helped us get the ball rolling, so we will forever be thankful to you for that. Well, I I can't take too much credit because you guys do an excellent job, obviously. But uh, it was it was fun to see how how far this podcast has come. You guys have sponsors now. Uh, you're under the Royce banner, which is just anytime Royce like retweets one of my tweets, it's just like just automatic like thousands and thousands of likes and follows and everything just like you're under the wing of, of royce young's uh, guidance so it's it's cool to see how far the podcast has come you're doing live pods and i'm, I'm happy, happy for you guys you guys do a great job well, thanks man uh so one of the reasons i wanted to bring you on today was to kind of talk about how okc is going to get their next star i mean obviously if the thunder are going to compete for championships or even compete for the western conference finals like they're going to have to get more talent on this team uh one of the ideas is you know paul george he seems to be unhappy in indiana indiana is not very good although they did smash the rockets last night uh but overall they're not a very good team uh they're really kind of going nowhere and uh it'll be interesting to see what happens with paul george will he want to leave will he want that mega max deal i don't know but uh carson tell me like the proposed deal uh, that you think would be good for the thunder and then we can kind of talk through it well, let's 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 talk about it like it is, Andrew. You did a podcast with Royce, yes, discussing the Paul George trade for Stephen Adams and Victor Oladipo, which I put out on Twitter. Yes. I haven't seen anyone suggest to trade Stephen Adams. I think that started that dialogue, and then you did a podcast with Royce, and you didn't even mention me by name. I was a little I was a little offended that you acted like this was a widespread trade idea and not mine. And let's, let's talk about it because like, (laughs) let me, let, (laughs) let, let me preface this by saying, I don't want to trade Steven Adams. Who on earth would the guy is blossoming into a top five center. I've even gotten into Twitter arguments with people about his ranking, his standing in the NBA and, it's always funny. They try to list some power forwards ahead of them to, to knock him further down the list. And once they can't do that, the list gets very short. And the people ahead of Stephen Adams at center don't play a tenth of the defense that he plays. It's very undervalued, his defense. They just look at box scores, PERs, points per game, and they just they knock Stephen down. Even though Stephen makes just a huge impact on the basketball floor, not beyond the numbers. So obviously, 
I don't want to trade Stephen Adams. I think everyone everyone took that idea the wrong way. They took it as a personal affront to Stephen and his game. No, that's not that's not the point I was trying to make. The point I was trying to make was I saw the story that Paul George got booed by his home fans, and mm-hmm. and admittedly, Paul George is kind of my white whale. It's kind of the guy that I would like to see the Thunder go after and get. And so in thinking about a trade scenario, I think everyone just automatically throws out Ennis Cantor and Cameron Payne. Well, that's not getting you Paul George. That's not getting you much of anything because I don't know how high Ennis Cantor's value is first and foremost on the trade market. I don't know how, how many people are clamoring for a center, an offensive center who doesn't play that great a defense. And then the Cameron Payne thing. This guy has been a huge disappointment, and he's coming off a broken foot. You're not getting anything for Cameron Payne. And so, like, everyone kept countering, well, no, just trade Cantor and Payne for for Paul George. Like, no, people, don't even try and throw Robertson in there, too. I'm not listening. That's not going to work. So, like, if the Thunder are ever going to get out of this post-KD malaise, which is what they're in, like, let's face it, they don't have hardly any cap space. Uh, they, they have some. They'll have a decent amount, I guess, this summer, but not enough to make a difference because – Andrew, they are, what, middle of the pack of the West, four, five, six, seven range. They're going to be that next year. So in order to get a star like a Paul George, you have to come to grips with what are teams going to want? Well, they're going to want Victor Oladipo and Steven Adams. Those are your biggest trade assets. And for me, as much as I love Steven and as much as I loved Oladipo coming out of the draft and when they got him, I was so fired up. I haven't been he's, – he's been a good player so far, but you must admit he's probably a, a third – a third option on a really good team. So I love both those guys, but if I can get a Paul George, I don't think twice. Now, obviously I think if Indiana wants to trade Paul George, they might have a better trade package, but that was the line of thinking Andrew in that I don't want to trade Steven, but if I can get an all-star, absolutely. I'll do it. That was kind of the line of thinking. Yeah, I understand. And I get that. It's just to me, if you do have Paul George and Russ, then you, I mean, and you trade those two guys. I mean, what else is left? I mean, I just don't. I don't know if it's. I think that that's a, a good pairing, but there's a lot of work to do afterwards. I agree with that, and but my thinking too is get two super duper mega stars and worry about the rest later. Like that's half the battle. It is so hard to get a, to get one star, and they have one in Russell Westbrook. It's even harder. To get a second superstar now, do you have, does that gut some major deficiencies in your in your front court? Yeah, but can Sam Sam Presti can get guys for he got he got Joffrey Laverne for a sleeve of Pro V ones like <laughs> like I have no I have no issue with Presti filling out the roster like you can go find you know another rim protector you know obviously it's gonna it's not gonna be a player close to the caliber of Steven Adams but if you have a Paul George and Russell Westbrook I think the rest works itself out and that's that to me is the biggest issue, Andrew, is you have two years of Russell. So maybe a year and a half now since we're pretty much halfway through this season. Mm-hmm. That's all you have left of a, of a transcendent Hall of Fame player at the peak of his powers. And are you just going to roll it back next year with the same team they have right now? I think that would be a major mistake. I think if I'm Russell, I want to win a championship. And if they're just rolling it back with the same team and then just trying to add like a, like a Rudy Gay this summer – 
that doesn't fire me up. I don't. How do you feel about that? I am not fired up about uh, Rudy Gay and fired up is never a sentence that I will say. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but what are but what are their options? I don't think they have very many options other than making a big trade like that. Yeah, I, I do think it's going to be through trade or it's going to be through the draft or through development. I mean, the Thunder. That's how they've always operated, and that's how they're going to continue to operate. I honestly think the Thunder need to kind of look at what the Rockets are doing a little bit. Because I do think that they could be a better version of what the Rockets are if they can unlock a little bit of the talent that they have within the roster. Which just means they need to get shooting. Like, what did the Rockets do? They went and got all the shooters for James Harden. And now he has all this space to operate. Clint Capella looks like he's like a French all-star player when he's playing with James Harden, which is just not even close to being true. Um, I think the pairing of Russ and Steven, um, right now it doesn't look it doesn't look awesome just because there's no space on the floor at all. And I love Andre Robertson and his game, but he's not a fit for this roster. It doesn't make sense. Uh, I think that he's helped them beat some good teams this year, but I don't think, uh, I don't think it makes any sense for him to be the wing. Uh, if the Thunder had shooting on the wing and you could run a pick Adams, uh, Russ pick and roll, and that could be your like primary action. Uh, I mean, that that's a really nice pairing. And Steven obviously is getting better and better every day. Uh, the Rockets don't have any other stars on their team, and they're a very they're a very good basketball team. And I, I don't know that they're a championship contender, but I do think that the Thunder, if they had more shooting, that they could unlock uh, some of the some of the powers of Russ and, and Steve. So that's kind of the that's the avenue that I would take. I think I don't I would love to get Paul George. I think that that does make sense. Um, I I honestly just don't know that it, that that package is even good enough. Um, and I don't. Do you, do you, do you want Paul George? Because you and Royce, this was when I about fell out of my chair listening to the podcast when you guys poo pooed Paul George as a player. <laughs> well, I do question. You, you question he question the status. I do question how how good of a player he is. I like the idea of getting another star, and George might be one available. I don't know. I do question like what is what is he what has he really done in his career? I do think he's a good scorer and a decent defender. Um, but I don't know if Russell Westbrook and Paul George as your top two is getting you to the finals, I guess would be my argument. Paul George is the closest thing you can find to a Kevin Durant. I know, but he is, still not. He is, he is 26 years old. <laughs> he is averaging the most points per game in his entire career. He's shooting 39% from three. This guy is a megastar, Andrew. I can't believe you're poo-pooing Paul George. I just you're you're acting like he's just ah uh, he's just okay. He's a superstar. He's okay, a so so if the Thunder have Paul George and Westbrook, they're awesome. They're they're it's it's Kevin and Russ back together again. Now is Paul George as good as Kevin Durant? Probably not, but he's right there. But it's it's right tough, there. It's tough because you're having to gut your team to get that star and you don't have the support. I mean, the supporting pieces, I mean, I know that, that Sam Presti can go get some guys, but I mean, you just look at, you look at the teams that they're going to be playing for the next, you know, two or three years. I just don't know how, I just don't know how far that gets you. Right. And I, I understand the gutting the team aspect in, in a way you are. Um, I just, I'm, I'm more confident in filling it in with role players than, than you are, but I do like your idea. Like, 
that's an idea I like that, that I've heard is your idea about kind of emulating the rockets. And I have to give Brian Keating some credit. He and I were the ones we were at the office when I, we kind of came up with this trade scenario mm-hmm. and he mentioned, you know, as an option, just, just loading the roster with three and D guys. Yeah. And right right now they just got a bunch of D guys with no three because <laughs> you mentioned it. They're so bad. At, they're second worst in the league in three point percentage. And all you have to do is look at the standings in the NBA. The top six teams in the league record wise are like the top six three point shooting teams. That's no coincidence. And and you're right. This roster just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You know, and, and that's where I give Sam Presti and, and the team a a lot of slack. They they were planning on having Kevin Durant on this team, so it's, it's not it's not as if like this was the team Presti envisioned. I, I don't mean to come across that way, but they have to get more shooting, as you mentioned. This this roster it was just painfully obvious to watch against the Cavs that the roster doesn't make any sense, and they don't have enough three point shooting. And that's maybe that's what they'll do in the off season, Andrew. I think that's that's an alternative. I haven't really thought or considered is just loading the roster with three and D guys and just going full rockets. Now will Sam Presti do that. That's, that's going to be a fascinating thing to watch moving forward. Yeah, it will. Cause they, I mean, they very much value defense and to find three, three and D guys are just really hard to find. I think that right. you have to, I think like a Danilo Gallinari or a Wilson Chandler, those are guys that we will talk about forever. It feels like, I don't think either of those guys is getting traded just because the nuggets are in the eighth spot. And if you trade one of those guys, I mean, you're probably not getting something back that will make you better now. And I think for whatever reason, the Nuggets want to make the playoffs. Um, But I think Gallinari (laughs) makes a ton of sense uh, for the Thunder because he's a guy that will open up the floor. He can score in bunches. And he's also a guy that you're not going to have to gut your roster to get. Um, So he's a guy that I've always just thought would really be helpful and can help that pick and roll because yesterday – Everything that went into Adams felt so forced. He mm-hmm. couldn't get. He got up four shots yesterday. Four. He's the <laughs> second best player on the team. Uh, that's insane. And a lot of it was the the spacing was just horrid. I mean, they just you can't park Andre Robertson out at the three point line and expect to have anyone respect him because they know, like they know this guy can't shoot and he also won't shoot. <laughs> they know that. Uh, so it's. They're in a tough position. And then they had to play Kyle Singler a bunch yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was not good for anyone involved. Airball, the free th- or not a free throw, a, a layup yesterday. That was incredible. I just was. I, I said it to uh, My Heart Will Go On by t- on Titanic song. <laughs> I, I, I tweeted that out. Uh, it was pretty funny. Uh, but, yeah, like that. that's the point, Andrew, is their the roster to me is just – it's middle of the road in the, in the West and you only have a year and a half left of Russell. To me, it's just, it's going to be fascinating to see what Sam Presti does. Cause he hasn't really truly begun the, the restructure process yet. They've just kind of been treading water since Kevin left town. And I, I want to see like th- that to me, I'm, I'm not hitting like the panic button. I'm hitting like the, the, um, the urgent button. The urgency for me is, is, is now like you have to, like maybe I'm putting too much stock into making a big move. I just I'm not coming back next year trying to be the fifth best team in the West. I'm trying to prove to Russell we're trying to win a championship because he's 28 years old. He's in his absolute prime, and there's no guarantee he resigns. So it's just right. for me, I'm I'm way more urgent than I think most most Thunder fans. And if I have to gut Stephen Adams and Oladipo to get a, a Paul George or or even a Jimmy Butler, I'm doing it. I just I don't even think twice about it. Yeah, both those guys are. 
I mean, Butler would be great, and the Thunder have been rumored to be after him for a while. Uh, and honestly, I have no idea what to expect out of the Chicago Bulls. Because <laughs> <they>, right. <laughs> one of the reporters mentioned that they're not even sure that he can be a number one guy. You're saying that with the team that you have right now. <laughs> Basically, you have one good player, <laughs> and you're saying that you don't even know if he's good enough. Like, what are you doing? I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, it's just Bulls are just a, they've been a mess for a long time, and they continue to be so. But hey, if you don't if you don't like Jimmy Butler that much, send him on down to OKC. Yeah, I'm sure we'll, Sam would take him. We'll take him, and that's where I think that Oladipo, and I don't know that it would take Oladipo and Adams to get Jimmy Butler. Uh, but if Oladipo and you throw in, you don't, I don't know. I really, I don't, man, I don't, I don't know what it takes to get Jimmy Butler from the bulls. Um, but what do the thunder have to offer other than Oladipo? Uh, <laughs> Cameron not, Payne. Don't, don't take, don't say Cameron Payne, please. No, I mean, obviously Cam really does not have value. Um, <laughs> like at all. For the, except for the fact that he was a first round pick and that he's on a really nice deal. Like that. And a, a and a broken foot, and it's been a complete disaster since coming back. Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't been very good. Um, I'd like to give him some time before I just completely write him off. But I also don't know that yeah. Cameron Payne's long for the Thunder, anyways. Um, no, why not? I just I've heard things from people that that makes me just think that he's that he doesn't really um, want to be here long term. Hashtag sources. From hashtag Andrew Schlecht. Of, ha, hashtag sources of sources of sources. Probably. Okay. Well, that's that's interesting because you know Payne didn't really like like I thought it was a good pick at the time, but he doesn't really kind of fit Presty's mold, does he? Like Presty likes longer, uh, more athletic guys than Cameron Payne. Yeah, it's a weird pick. Even drafting point guards like like Reggie Jackson was like a, a super athlete and has like that ridiculous swing span. Right. So that made sense, yeah. but this that pick never really made sense. And I hate playing the draft game of oh, he could have taken this guy, but you know I'm sure Pressy's already doing that in his head. But yeah, I mean he should have taken Kelly Oubre. I mean that's to me that was the no brainer at the time. That's who I was predicting he would take just because of the, all those those reasons, the length, the athleticism. Yeah, he's super young. He he and Durant even had a tie that they like played at the same high school or whatever, and. That's the missing link. If he had drafted Kelly Oubre, <laughs> Kevin was staying. How could you, Sam? Sam, he, he knew You it. blew it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the difference. Uh, but Oubre's been good for the Wizards. He's even he's playing like the 3-4 for them, and what did the Thunder need? They need like a, a good guy that can play on the wing. Um, I don't know that he makes that big a difference on this Thunder team, but I know Cameron Payne's really not making much of a difference with this Thunder team either, so... Um, the Wizards' master plan of, of hiring Scott Brooks and drafting Kelly Oubre didn't work out with Kevin. So that's right. That's that was their that was their big chip to play was Kelly Oubre. <laughs> Scotty Brooks getting it done over there though. How about that? Good and for Scott. They they've been good though. I think they're fifth right now in the East, yeah. and they might they might be the scariest team that isn't the Cavs right now. Like like the Celtics don't scare you at all. The the Raptors haven't been that great lately. Uh, but the Zards and John Wall, man, they've been good. Yeah, Scott Brooks is doing a hell of a job. I, I, I kind of want to see him pick up Perk just for and make a real run at it. <laughs> I know. Get the band back together. That's right. Um, I need to pause real quick and give a shout out to Chicken Express. They're uh, the sponsor of today's podcast. 
You can get 15 tenders for 11.50 right now. Man, that feeds a lot of people. Uh, also, That's a good if you, deal. If you like catfish, this is a good place to get yourself some fried catfish. It's delicious. You can go get it at 150th and Penn in Edmond or at 10th and Garth Brooks in Yukon. Delicious food. And if you like sweet tea, this is your place to go get some Chicken Express. Carson, what do you think about the so what do you think about Carmelo Anthony on the Thunder? So the the trade for him would not be gutting the roster. It would be more like an Ennis Cantor plus whatever. Uh, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Well, Carmelo has never done a lot for me over his career. I think he's just he's so ball dominant and such such a high volume uh, player that it doesn't really help teams win games. Like what has Carmelo ever won in his career? I've never, I think he's a good basketball player, probably will be a hall of famer someday, but uh, just, he doesn't quite, uh, he's not a quite a winning player. If that makes sense. I just, I've never been that big of a fan. I don't think he would be a great fit on the thunder, especially with how much Russell dominates the ball. Uh, I've just never been that big a fan of Carmelo. I don't think he'll help you win that many, that many games come, come playoff time. So I, would trading him for Ennis Cantor would that would that make you a better team? It might make you slightly better. Like having Melo as your as your lead guy off the bench. I mean, he probably wouldn't come off the bench, but he would probably lead the second unit. They'd stagger him and Russ. But uh, it's an interesting idea. I, I don't I don't hate the idea, but I think I would just prefer to to keep Cantor and, and keep playing him off the bench as the main main scorer. Yeah, I agree with that. I the only reason that I would say that I would do it is just because you can play your best five guys all at one time against almost every team. Uh, right. Mellow. Uh, and you just can't do that with Cantor. He Cantor has been really good. Um, but I, I don't know. I go back and forth on it. I don't think, I don't think, I think you're right. Mellow doesn't really move the needle for the thunder. He doesn't make them. I mean, maybe they could sneak into the Western conference finals, but they're not beating the warriors with Mellow. Now, how old is Mellow? What's Carmelo's age? I think he's, 32 like trading a young 24 year old and in his cancer on a good contract now for a 32 year old carmelo plus i don't i don't think lala signing up on uh, moving to the 405 i don't i don't think that no, i don't think she wants to move from uh, manhattan to edmund no i don't get that <laughs> from lala lala anthony not having it you could pitch nichols hills to her yeah, we could we could move up the scale there. Oak, oak tree's nice this time of year. Yeah, um, yeah. There's no way he he's already basically put out his list of teams that he's willing to go to and wave his no trade clause to. Isn't yeah. isn't he a isn't he a perfect Clipper? He's like is it the Clippers? I want that. He's so a bad. perfect Clipper. Can they package him and Rondo to go play with the Clippers? <laughs> like like those two are just made to play for Doc Rivers and just. Be completely dysfunctional with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin like that. Oh man, that's where they need to be. That's where they belong. That trade. That's like Austin Rivers and Jamal Crawford or whatever. Carmelo <laughs> is the funniest thing in the world. Yeah, like, and you wouldn't even put it past Phil Jackson at this point. Like everything's on the table with him. So <laughs> I don't know, but it's it's kind of hard to really get fired up about any trade scenario in the West because like. I don't mean to bring up the team out west that plays by the Golden Gate Bridge, but like it, they've made the league not even fun anymore. Like it's just it's stupid. So yeah, no like it's hard to get them. it's hard to get excited about Carmelo like balancing out the power in the West. You know, like I just Carmelo's about done. Yeah, 
And why is Carmelo wearing like eight layers now when he plays basketball? Why is he playing like an outdoor game in in the winter? He's got, he's got a sh- two shooting sleeves, long sleeves, and a short sleeve shirt on, under that. Maybe it's like when maybe he just doesn't want to reveal how fat he's gotten and he just wants to like <laughs> tighten his tighten his body up with, with all with all these things yeah like it's it's more uh it's more flattering attire than just the straight up tank top yeah <laughs> I, I can um, i can get by, I, i'm getting i'm 30 i'm the same age as, as carmel i'm 32 as well so i can identify with that i'm trying to <laughs> trying to hide my figure as well sometimes i hear that um i don't know that i i don't know ultimately you know, I think some people would think this is crazy, but I'd rather like straight up maybe have Ennis Cantor than Carmelo right now as a basketball player. Um, it's hard to say that out loud, uh, just for you know perspective purposes. Like you'd really rather have Ennis Cantor than Carmelo Anthony. It just doesn't sound right. Mm-hmm. But again, I think you almost always have to factor in age in this. You know, Ennis Cantor is twenty four. Like. <laughs> His blossoming this year until Chairgate. Um, <laughs> I don't think you're crazy to say that. What was your reaction when he uh, hit hit the chair and broke his arm? What was your like initial thought? Well, I was at the game with my dad. It was the first game all season I was able to go and not be working. And I saw the play happen. We got the offensive foul. And I actually just followed him with my eyes the whole way because it was a timeout. And I saw him punch it. And I was like, and I even tweeted, like, he just punched the hell out of the chair. Like, it was startling how hard he hit it. And then, of course, you know, at halftime, I see the Woj tweet. And I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. And it just, it's crushing for me, Andrew, because I feel like I've been Ennis Cantor's, like, PR man. His, you have been. Yeah. His, his defender at every turn, his Twitter liaison. Um, I've been fighting with people on Twitter for two years now about, how it's completely ridiculous that the Thunder play him 20 minutes per game. He's had this 20-minute uh, cap on his playing time. Uh, minutes restriction, basically, is what it's been. Because I'm sure Sam and Billy were crunching some advanced metrics that you're probably familiar with, and I'm not, that says you can't play in his cancer more than 20 minutes. And I just think that is just garbage, just pure garbage. Because what happened? Victor Oladipo got hurt, and it forced their hand. And... And it's like a light bulb went on over Billy Donovan and Sam Presetta. Oh, my God, he's dominating. He, I mean, the, the one time, remember last year he played like a 35-minute game. He put up a 30 and 20, yep. first one in Thunder history. Like, the guy just needs minutes. And it, it and that's the thing. Like, I love Billy Donovan. I think he's a great coach. I think he's been a huge upgrade on, on Scott Brooks. But he makes these curious decisions. Like, like playing like playing Kyle Singler, like you mentioned. Like, why is he still playing Kyle Singler? Why in the world would you do that? It doesn't make any sense. He has not proven one iota he deserves minutes. So that sorry to get off on the Kyle Singler tangent, but That's okay. I've always I've always thought Cantor should get more minutes and he finally was. He was playing twenty five minutes per game in January, and I could only see that number trending even higher. And it just yeah. he he was having a career season. And just to take yourself out of basketball for two months on just such a stupid thing to do, it just I've come such a, a long way with Ennis, and then he does that. It just it was it was very disappointing. Obviously, it's a freak injury. Guys hit stuff all the time. I remember Russell when he hurt his knee against the Rockets. He slammed his hand down on the scores table. Mm-hmm. So like that could have happened to anybody. It was kind of a freak thing. But just God, just it's it's a, it's a crusher for for Ennis. It's a crusher for me as a guy who's 
who's thought so highly of Ennis, and obviously it just destroys the Thunder's chances to really because they got through the the month of January, they, that brutal stretch. They had gotten through it. They they were seeing light at the end of the tunnel, and then he does that on a Thursday night against a terrible Mavs team. It just seemed like a huge overreaction, and I just I don't know what he was thinking. Yeah. And honestly, you're like you, you said it about guys like punching stuff and slamming stuff. I mean, that just happens all the time. And you know, had he just punched the chair and he just hit the cushion, there would be no discussion. And it's just all about the the stupid result. And it does. I mean, he looks like a big idiot <laughs> for doing that. Um, but it just sucks that it, I mean, everything just had to you know go just right for him to break his arm, and it did. Did you hear Stephen? Did you hear Stephen Adams blaming the chair a little bit? Did you hear his explanation? Yes. And and it makes it makes total sense if you go back and watch it. Uh, Stephen noticed that he saw when it happened that the chair, like as he was coming down to hit it, stuck up a little bit, so it wasn't a flat surface. It was kind of it was diagonal when he hit it, and like the odds of that chair popping up mid punch were just so remote that it just. It really was the perfect storm and just horrible luck, and it continues the run of horrible injury luck for the Thunder after you know, the first five, six, seven years, Andrew. We were wondering if anyone was going to get hurt on the Thunder. They, they'd had, they had such great injury luck for so long, and now it's just, it seems like every year. So here's a good argument for Cantor needs more minutes. So this is all on basketball reference. So when he played, he's in two games he's played zero to nine minutes, and... Um, he was a minus 67.8. Obviously, that's like it was in hardly any minutes at all, 13 total minutes, so that doesn't really count. Uh, but in games that he has played 10 to 19 minutes at 16 games this season, he's a minus 12.8. And then at twenty in 26 games, he's played 20 to 29 minutes, and he's been a plus 4.7. But when he's played 30 or more minutes, he's a plus 18.5. Um, that's, oh. only been in, that's only been in three games, uh, but it does seem the more time he gets on the floor, uh, the better he is, the more helpful he is to this team overall. And I understand that some of this is, you know, probably the minus 67 is definitely, I don't even have to look it up, it's, that's against the Warriors, where he, <laughs> the first yeah. game where he hardly played. Uh, and I understand there's there's teams and lineups that he just can't really match up against, Uh but at the same time, the fact that he can pass now and that you can run an offense through him makes him incredibly valuable. And he has, he's so efficient. He is one of the, he's probably, he's definitely the second best scorer on the team, uh, which I don't think coming into the season I would have said. Uh, he's, he's really developed. His defense is better. And some people just want to crap on his defense forever. That's fine. But the fact is that he is a much better defender than Joffrey is. And people kind of want to compare him and Joffrey. I don't really see it. Um, he, Joffrey is not even close to the offensive player. Uh, and, and honestly, Ennis is a much better defender than Joffrey is. Uh, so I, I think Ennis is a very valuable player. I don't know what his value is on the trade market, but I do think that he holds a ton of value to the Thunder. Well, that, that stat you referenced just, just warms my heart. Just absolutely <laughs> warms it. it. It backs up everything I've ever thought about the guy in that I've always said, is his defense that great? No. But he he puts more on the table for the Thunder than he takes off. And what he lacks in defense, he makes up for in pure scoring ability. The bricklayers on this team from three, he catches those rebounds and puts the ball back in the basket. That yep. That's his best asset for this team, as bad as they are at shooting. 
And then you, and you mentioned the passing. He has become a brilliant passer, mm-hmm. seemingly overnight almost. I mean, maybe you got to give Billy Donovan some credit for that, for opening up that part of his game. But, but remember when he first joined the team, people were like, vining his defense it was lol bad it was really bad even i can admit that it was terrible it was internet meme funny defense but you're right he has improved he is no longer an lol defender he has become a decent defender he's like really he's a decent on ball defender it's just the pick and roll stuff that he can get kind of lost in sometimes and you're right he can't play against the he can't play against golden state we all know that but it, the stat you reference just proves everything i've ever said about the guy like mm-hmm. your alternative to sitting in us is, is what Kyle Singler, yeah, Jeremy Grant. Like, I love Jeremy Grant, but, like, that's that's always been my argument is, okay, you, you want to crap on Ennis' defense. Who who are you throwing out there that's on the bench over there for, sitting by Billy? Sorry, I'm playing Ennis. So I, I like that stat. It, it backs up everything I've ever thought. Yeah, and his assist percentage is up to 8.6 this season. Last year, 3.1. I mean, he's more than doubled his assist percentage. Wow. Uh, which is a really impressive thing for him to do. Uh, yeah, he... He's an incredible player, and I was, I'm was i just really disappointed because I was really looking forward to not the Cavs game, but the Spurs game with him in particular because I do think the Thunder would have a chance to beat the Spurs. And if they did, and Ennis was a big part of that, I just feel like he needs a big game like that to start turning around like the national perspective of him. Because uh, it's, totally. it's not great, and he just has kind of blown that opportunity, it feels like. <clears throat> well, yeah, and now <clears throat> when number 35 comes to town, he'll have to talk crap from the bench again instead of on the court. Right. But I guess he was he was probably going to be on the bench anyway for that game. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, although, I don't know. I mean, he can uh, he did not play well in the second game against Golden State either. But I do think given an opportunity against like a David West or somebody like that, um, like he, he can he can punk David West at this point. Yeah, just, just when, when Steph's not on the floor, fire Ennis out there. Because yeah. they just they, all they do is run pick and roll with Steph on, on Ennis. So just right. counter him every time he's not on the floor with, with Ennis. I'd love to see that. But unfortunately, he's, his ulna will be in a cast or what they, they sent out a release saying he broke his ulna bone. I, didn't, I, guess, I guess that's the forearm. I, I didn't pass biology, I guess. Yeah. Uh, what do you think is the best way to replace his minutes? Well, you mentioned King Joffrey. I thought he played decently against the Cavs. And, and you're right, he's he's nowhere near the player Ennis is, but he's a natural replacement for his minutes. I mean, he kind of he's a big who can score. Uh, I think I've never interviewed Joffrey. Uh, I haven't really had a chance to talk to him much since he's joined the team. But I, I get the vibe that he like thinks he's better than Ennis or thinks he's better than like most of the players in the NBA, he just, he comes across as he has this like Uber confidence mm-hmm. and he had some quotes, I think in the Oklahoma about, yeah, I'm not playing as much as I probably should, but uh, I'm gonna make the most of it. You know, I think I kind of like that. So yeah. I think he'll, he'll be able to at least just give them something off the bench. Obviously it's just, they're going to be trying to not drown without Ennis and it's going to be hard, but I think you just, you play, you play Laverne more. You don't even think about playing Kyle Singler. Uh, you, I'd love to see a Brennis get more minutes. I don't know why. Like, obviously, his defense is not very good either. We saw that against Cleveland. But at some point, you have to make a jump shot. And at some point, you know, just watching that Cavs game, Russell's just looking around the floor for someone to pass to, and it's all a bunch of guys who can't hit an open shot. And 
I'm going to sacrifice a little defense to, to put the ball in the basket. That's that's just me. So those are some adjustments I would make. And is Anthony Morrow done playing? Like he has these spurts where Billy will play him and he'll he'll play really well and light it up. And I know his three point percentage isn't very good this season, but didn't he have a spell where he played really well and now he just he can't even get in games anymore? It's just, it's just a weird weird thing with Anthony. It is weird because he played. There was a couple of weeks where he was the one of the shooters off the bench, but. He's he's forever an NBA mystery to me. He's has one of the fastest releases in the game, one of the best shooters. Uh, really, in NBA history, he belongs on some kind of like shooting list because he's been that good over his career. Uh, but he can't. He didn't play. He didn't play for anybody. You know, he didn't yeah. play for the Pelicans. He didn't really play that much for the Thunder ever. Uh, it is confusing. Remember when uh, I think it was Game Five against the Warriors last year, like. Billy just put Morrow in and he scored like 14 points randomly. Like there's just, there's like, there's like no rhyme or reason to Anthony Morrow with the thunder either. It's just like, just like some days Billy wakes up and he's brushing his teeth. He looks in the mirror. He's like, I'm playing, I'm playing Morrow today. You know what? I'm playing Anthony. I just, I just got that feeling. Like this, it just seems like there's no rhyme or reason. It is. He fires him out there after not playing for a month. You know, it's just, it's just totally weird. It is weird. I don't, and I don't understand at all like i can i guess i can in theory understand but in practice i don't understand singular playing over him I i'll never understand i'll never understand and another mystery like yes i would play more over singular every day and another thing i've kind of been harping on lately andrew is what are we doing with josh Hustis, thunder what, what are you doing with him you, you spent a first round pick on the guy you, you do this domestic draft and stash where you put him in the d league and I thought he showed more in two games last year than Kyle Singler has shown his entire tenure with the Thunder. He's long. He's athletic. He was blocking shots. His jumper has, like, good form. Like, why are they not playing Josh Eustace and seeing what he can do? We talked about this last night. I don't I don't get it. I mean, he could for sure do what Singler does. I mean, all you have to throw him out there and he'll do a really bad job of guarding LeBron and he'll miss shots. Like what's the down, <laughs> what's the downside to playing Josh Eustace? I, I don't get it either. I, I think that like, he's, I, I don't, I don't know. And I also think it, the acquisition of Jeremy Grant is a little bit of an indictment on Eustace because I, I think their games are very similar. Uh, yeah. And you could also I, argue that's I don't that on Andre too. Sure. Yeah. I think Dre's a little bit more versatile than both those guys, but, um, it's a, I don't know. It's very weird. I agree. I think they should give him a shot. And well, yeah, it just downside. doesn't. Yeah, like it just doesn't. Like you've invested in the guy. Obviously, I know Kyle Singler has the the five million dollar contract. That's probably why he plays. That sure. might be a Presty mandate for all we know. But you've spent a first round pick on this guy. Like get, give him a chance to play. Like especially now the Cantor's out. Even more reason just 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 throw him out there. See what he can do. And like you mentioned. <laughs> Singler guarding LeBron. Is there anything that can remind you more that Kevin left than seeing Kyle Singler playing defense on LeBron? It's and just terrifying. It's just it's just it makes everyone feel worse in Oklahoma City. But Houston is like a physical specimen too. Like, wouldn't you much yeah. rather see him guarding LeBron? Like, hey, hey, Josh, you got, you got five fouls or six fouls. Go, go have fun. Like, let's just see what you can do. Yeah. 
So yeah. I don't know. I just that that's another curious, curious thing with the Thunder. I just I, I loved what I saw didn't you last year of, of Josh Hustis. I thought he had some flashes. He was good. I remember that Detroit game. He was hitting threes, and you're like, oh, hey, Josh Hustis, what's what's up, man? <laughs> he was good. I don't yep. know. I, I don't. I don't get it at all. Like he must just not be showing it in practice. And maybe Kyle Singler is like an all-time practice player. Like I just I don't know <laughs> any other any other way to explain it. They're going to hang Kyle Singler's jersey in the Thunder practice facility. Yeah. <laughs> just for all the great practices he's had. Oh, I remember that practice last week. Man, that was so good. Kyle was so good in practice. Like I I just envision him like Going in one mixtape on Kevin in practice, yeah. and like Billy, like I gotta play this guy. Look at this. <laughs> That's about the only thing that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, nothing so, else does. Houston is thirty five percent from three in the D League right now on almost six attempts per game from three. Like these, almost two blocks per game. We just play the guy. Like let's just let's just see. Well, yeah, like that's my point. Is you've spent a first round pick. You obviously have played your other first-round picks. Why is this guy any different? I know you did the domestic draft and stash, but you did spend a first-round pick on the guy, and he's been here a few years now. So and <laughs> Kevin ain't here, and Ennis is hurt. So let's see what he can do. Maybe, maybe it just reminds him too much of the draft where he also drafted Mitch McGarry, and he's just like, ah, that's too much of a reminder. You got to keep him away. Send him back to the blue. I can't think about that. Who? Mitch McGarry, Mitch McGarry, Mitch McGarry, Mitch McGarry, who? <laughs> I mean, I will always think of Serge Ibaka saying Mitch McGarry, Mitch McGarry, Mitch McGarry, who? Every time I hear that name. so <laughs> One of the 15 guys that's on the roster, Serge Ibaka, that's who. That's yes, so your, your teammate, Serge. That's so great. <laughs> right. It's not like you have 50 teammates. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe, maybe Serge was on to something. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. That's <laughs> maybe he was onto something. Uh, Carson, thanks for coming on the podcast today. We can follow you on Twitter at KOCO Carson, and we can uh, watch you locally here on KOCO Five. Uh, you can find your stuff online. You're always tweeting out hilarious things on Twitter. So if you're not following him, uh, you should be and uh, watch him on the news. He does a great job. He and Brian Keating are. Definitely my favorite two sports broadcasters uh, in the state. So watch them. And uh, thanks for coming coming back on, Carson. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. Be sure to check out my uh, Kyle Singler, My Heart Will Go On video that I tweeted out yesterday. And uh, I'll be I'll be working that trade machine where, where Adams and Oladipo for, for Paul George or Jimmy Butler <laughs> in the meantime. Awesome. Thanks, Carson. <laughs>